It's a very special episode today. A good friend of mine has joined me on the show. He's the founder of Matter Nutrition. And today we're going to talk all about food. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about habits. We're going to talk about diets and how you can take several steps today to become a little bit more healthy in your choices. Tarek Rumi, welcome to The Forever Student. Thank you for having me. I'm actually really, really, really excited. I'm super excited to have you. I think uh, it's going to be a really exciting talk. And, and the first question that I have for you, and then we'll take it, we'll take it from there is, could you talk us through your journey into food, where it started, and then how it progressed to where it is today? Awesome. Uh, so I've always grown up playing sports. I've loved it. And for me, playing sports has a direct correlation with being fit and healthy. But something I used to kind of take completely and neglect was food. I used to eat literally a pizza after training, like a whole pizza. Uh, and then I would have a burger and then I would go for a swim. But I was fit enough that it kind of didn't have an impact. As I grew older, I kind of started getting more into the nutrition aspect of things. And that kind of got me interested, like, oh, okay, this is, I can make, I can get even more results by doing certain things. But it also created this huge information overflow of a lot of pseudoscience, you know, like eat chicken and broccoli, do this, do that. And that kind of just put me in this rabbit hole of nutrition and I fell for all the fads, every single fad you can think of. Uh, and that's kind of why I'm very, I try to be very evidence-based now. But uh, after falling for all these fads, I was doing my master's. And this is like really where the journey kicks off. And I had a partner and she was also into fitness, but she viewed food completely differently. And she basically was like food is pleasure you know understand what you're eating but food is pleasure and food should be like a health uh a happy health pleasure as opposed to like it being something that is controlling you all right and that opened my eyes completely and from there i literally changed my relationship with food but also because she used to cook so much and her food was incredible it literally got me interested into, oh, okay, cool. How can you constantly make good, healthy food uh, taste as amazing as possible? You know, until today, we kind of have that ethos within matter, you know? How did you, go about, how did you go about understanding the difference between a fad and what was actually fact? Because there's so much information out there, and especially nowadays, right? Like, how do we know who to believe and what to trust? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, look, I think everyone needs to make mistakes. Everyone needs to like go through their journey because fads are always fads and they're trends because of relatability. Like people will be like, oh, I want this. I want to do that because I see this person and they look like X or they do Y, you know? Um, but now and back then i was very susceptible to that you know and we need to always remember that fads have like this emotional trigger where they 
they will attract you based on, hey, you will get results in X, you know? It doesn't work like that. At the end of the day, uh, with everything, and now this is where I kind of like have this ethos, as long as the two main factors are consistency and moderation, it is considered a good diet or it is considered a good, you know, platform or whatever you foundation for anything, you know, for training, for dieting, for investing, you know, for business. You don't want to go too fast, too quickly, unless you truly understand what you're doing, which let's be honest, 80% of the population in things that are not their industry do not, you know, so that's how we view it now. And that's how I view like the difference between a fat and whatnot, you know? Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Because I think also, I think the difference between when we grew up and now is like now with social media, when you see someone like the liver king, mm. you know, post his secrets and, and talk about like the diet that you should follow in order to become as jacked and built as he is, like automatically you're, you're, you're seeing, you know, the visual results mm -hmm. of, of what you want to be mm -hmm. and someone telling you take the supplement and eat this in order to get there. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing maybe we didn't have as much of when, when we were growing up. Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. Um, but you're totally right. And and I think if we could jump into, before we get into matter, if we could jump into the fad diets a little bit more mm. or the fads, like what, what kind of fads that you try when you were growing up and like, which ones do you see today where you're super skeptical about as well? Oh, okay. Uh, the fads I tried are 100%. I've done keto and... I'll, I'll just caveat by saying keto for health purposes is actually very good. Health in, health in what sense? Uh, health as in for diabetics, for people that have, I, I believe, you know, are susceptible to cancer or things like that, you know, or extremely obese. It is a good diet for them. And uh, could you define keto? Um, basically having your diet be 85 to 90% fat, not... 60% fat, 20% protein, but a very high fat diet and low protein diet with basically no carbs. That's what a true keto diet is. Whereas people now to see keto as, again, it's a range, but that's what traditionally keto is. But now people are having like 30% protein, 60% fat, and then 10% carbs and calling it keto, mm. you know, which it isn't the case. It's just a very low-carb diet. Okay. That's the best way to put it. It's a low-carb diet. And the main reason people see results is because they're on a calorie deficit. You know, and most fads, this is where people kind of like don't or need to understand a bit more. Most fads that are driven for results when it comes to like how you look are elimination fads where it's like, hey, eliminate sugar. Hey, eliminate carbs. Hey, eliminate fats, whatever it is. But just elimination allows people to basically lower their calorie intake. Mm. They and created, see results exactly. quickly. They created a calorie intake rule by following specific rule sets. And then they're going to see results from that. You know, but at the end of the day, 
eating more different kinds of food is better for you as than just like kind of eliminating the food completely, you know? Still be in a calorie deficit, but eat a bunch of different foods, yeah. you know? Don't restrict yourself. Like have your red meat once a week. Have your fish every day if you can. Have your chicken. But, and obviously have a wide mix of vegetables. But don't eliminate carbs. Like don't eliminate potatoes just because somebody somebody told you that looks good. Eliminate potatoes. You yeah. Know? So, um, yeah, that's that's from that perspective, from a fats perspective. Uh, the ones that I think now are big fads. I think I feel like I I spoke about this a couple of days ago. History constantly repeats itself. You know. So everything we knew back then, we know now. And we're always going through cyclical fads that have been fads in the past. You know, like people can't really reinvent the wheel when, when, when it comes to what is a fad. But you have a lot of people now kind of just going on the, again, keto carnivore diet fads, you know, which is just basically eat as much meat as possible or, you know, eat as much fats as possible. I understand why, because from a male perspective, I'll use the male perspective, it's a much more uh, alpha kind of diet. But at the end of the day, it's just another fad. You know, people re really need to understand that you need your fruits, you need your vegetables, you need your carbs. And at the end of the day, we're living in a modern world where you, sometimes you need to eat convenience foods. And as long as you're keeping that within 10%, you know, 5%, you will be fine. You know, there, there, there needs to be room for that in your diet. Because if you're sticking to your diet in such a strict, rigid way, that is a, like, unhealthy obsession. Yeah. You know, that, that's actually, like, a bad thing. Don't think it's a good thing. You know, be able to have wiggle room be able to play around with your days you know and kind of understand that your body will adapt and it's absolutely fine you know the one that uh i'm still unsure about is alcohol in general like everyone still speaks about alcohol like having one drink is okay for you i still don't know because there is a lot of data that says even one drink of alcohol is bad for you yeah you know so i'm still trying to get all the details on that. Yeah, and I think around diets, like one of the things that I find very interesting just in general is like with with these fads, what you often see is like very, like very significant short-term results, right? Like if you're doing calorie restriction or you're cutting out sugar and dairy or something like that, like you'll you'll see results very quickly. And then from a from a mindset of the person um, doing that diet, it's like, cool, this is working. I'm gonna keep doing this. But then it's not like a sustainable, it's not a sustainable thing for them to do. And then what often happens, you know, after six to eight weeks is they start giving into their cravings mm -hmm. and you go back to square one. Mm -hmm. Rather like build something, like you said, build something that works for you, mm -hmm. understanding the fundamentals, um, building this base of, okay, this is my sort of staple, you know, food intake. Mm -hmm. And then every now and then, I don't want to call it a cheat meal, but you can certainly indulge. Yeah, I, I think that that is the challenge. People do not have a base. People get fed 
the big picture. Eat fat only, you will lose weight. Eat meat because meat is good for you. As opposed to, hey, your body is constantly burning calories. Hey, you have three main macronutrients. You have a, a, like multiple micronutrients that you can get from different kinds of food. Hey, you need to understand how much, how many calories. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to preface it. I believe at the end of the day, the most important things that you need to track from a fundamentals perspective, at least for three to six months of your weight loss journey or weight gain journey is your macro, uh, sorry, your calories and your protein intake. Okay. Okay. I used to believe macros was the most important. So calculate your carbs, protein, and fat. But again, in line of being flexible, as long as you're getting enough protein, some days you might be feeling or you might have a family dinner that your your mother is making, you know, salmon and and you know pasta. Okay. You want to be able to enjoy that. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm on a high carb day. I'm low fat. I can't have that. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You can't do that in this part of the world. You can't. You're gonna get hit anyways, yeah. you know. <laughs> but you need to have that like that uh, flexibility to flow through your calories, whether it's high fats or high carb. Because at the end of the day, if you're gonna be like, oh, I am going to to go eat sushi, but I'm not going to eat the sushi. I'm going to eat just the rice mm. or because the, the fish, the salmon has fat in it. It just doesn't make sense. It's not living life in a flexible manner. And I think know? it like, I'm sure it like has a big impact on our mental health, you know, oh, more, for sure. more than we, more than we probably think. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's kind of a, uh, again, you're worrying about your every move. Yeah, Think you're constantly calculating. You're constantly thinking through things. You're wearing, and you're not, everything. and you're not rewarding yourself. You know 100%. what I mean? Like if you're constantly, if you're constantly training your mind to eat certain things, and the reward is right in front of you to kind mm -hmm. of like, okay, cool, like just indulge for a little bit. A lot of people are now just not taking that reward. Ah, uh, for sure. I I think people went again. The more rule sets you have, the worse your diet probably is. Mm. The more rule sets that you are creating or restrictions that you are creating, the worse your diet is. You know, as long as you know your calorie intake and you're having a deficit or maintenance or growth, whatever it is, you know, a surplus, uh, and you're getting enough protein, those are really the only two rule sets you need to follow. Could you, could you talk us through how to understand how, how much protein the average person needs? Because now I'm hearing, I mean, I'm hearing like a hundred different things on that as well. And what I'm hearing the most of, and this is from like trusted sources, which, which I believe mm. is protein intake is, is probably higher, um, than we think it is like the, the amount that we need for the average person listening to this, it's probably higher than you think. Um, so basically, you're saying that if the recommended is X, and what people are hearing is X plus plus plus. Yeah, yeah, basically. So 100% so agreed. Okay. So the this is my standard 
right? And again, I, t- I try to take everything from a evidence-based science research studies approach, research reviewed approach. And for us, at the end of the day, you do not need more than one gram of protein per pound in body weight. Like that is on even like the high end, okay? When I say need, but however, there's key differences between need and optimal, okay? High protein diets, and when I say high protein, it's 1.2, 1.3. It's not mm. three times your body weight. It's not 250 grams, 300 grams of protein. It's literally up to 180, 200 grams of protein, right? It has shown that it has different recovery elements on your body, plus it's much more satiating. Eating 150 grams of chicken or eating 150 grams of steak is much more satiating on your body than eating 150 grams of potatoes, you know? So, like, there are those kind of benefits. But if you're in a deficit, one gram per pound in body weight is absolutely fine. If you're gaining weight, actually, if you're on a surplus, you can go as low as 0.7, 0.8. You know, so if you're weighing 100 pounds, you can get away with 80 grams of protein, you know, and you'll actually be fine because your body is recovering anyways because you're getting a lot of carbs and fats anyways. Mm. So you don't need that much protein, you know, like personally, for example, I, again, because my diet's quite fluid now, I bounce anywhere between, I weigh 74 kilos, sorry, 67 kilos now. I started at 74 kilos. I weigh 67 kilos. And I'm getting anywhere between 110 grams to 180 grams. So my window is so Mm. big. And do you, because you're training a lot. Yeah. Right? So you're, let's say you're training five, six times a week. You're in the gym. More than that now, man. More than that. Yeah. What is the, what is the difference and I don't know if you've actually experimented with this. The, 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 the difference in feeling if you have protein versus if you not have protein when you're working out. Um, satiation. Yeah. Because I am on a calorie deficit right now. But. And, and from a body, like how you feel sort of standpoint, like your recovery. and, and My recovery as well feels better. Yeah. But personally for me, I operate so well on high carbs. I don't like. You know, for example, I can go for a very short period of time. I can go on 30 or 35 grams of fat per day, which is basically like it's nothing. It's, it's, it's basically you find that in a piece of steak, you know, in a piece of fatty steak. You find more than that, mm-hmm. you know. I can operate super well on that for a couple of days, and I actually feel like I'm very, very, very strong, very healthy. However, for my internal functions over time, that's not good. Right. You know, but again, protein is optimal at a higher dose, slightly higher dose. And I do feel better on that, but I also want to enjoy my foods, you know? So like right now or a couple of weeks ago, it was cherry season. I was just enjoying eating a lot of cherries although mm-hmm. it's really expensive but i was just enjoying eating a lot of cherries and i was ready to give up my protein intake to have more cherries 
Right. You know, because it's enjoyment as well. And I'm still within my rule structure of one, two, three. How do you go about, so for me, diet is quite personal. Like food is very personal. 100%. But like, how do you, how do you go about like this, like, let's call it a trial and error process, right? Because one of the things that I, I believe in is, you know, we're also raised differently on food. So 100%. I was raised on a lot of bread, a lot of carbs, um, moderate amount of protein. And, and I feel that that has a big impact on like how today I process mm-hmm. those foods. Mm-hmm. One, do you believe in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and two, like, how do people tap into that? Like, how should people go about this like trial and error so, process? To answer your questions, number one, I definitely believe in that. There's been like different kinds of studies where from a heritage perspective, okay, and from where you were, where you are originally from, you know, your body can process foods very differently. And then also on another level, and that's that was macro, but when you look at it micro, you in your last 25, 30, 40 years, the way you were eating growing up has an impact, okay? And people that tend to eat more carbs while they're growing up are better at digesting carbohydrates. People that that were in a high bread, high pasta, you know, family household, they can handle that much easier, you know? In Japan, rice is... Staple. Staple. In the US, if people eat rice the same way in Japan and that they do in Japan, I'm not saying something will happen that's dramatic, but we don't know. Yeah. But the likelihood is yes, it will. And so from that perspective, I 100% believe in that. There's also like one cool study to show you how your body adapts. And this is like my favorite study that I always tell people. Um, and I explain to them like, this is why moderation is key. There is basically there were there were two sets of people and they were all they had normal insulin levels. Okay. Insulin levels is basically your sugar levels to and they need to be balanced out throughout. And if they spike or if they drop, your body will feel very weird. Just just putting it in a very simple terms. And they gave one set of people the same amount of carbs, which was approximately, and same amount of sugar, I think it was approximately 40 grams of sugar a day and 200 grams of carbs. And then this other group of people, they basically put them on a no-carb to low-carb diet, almost keto. Within six months, they fed both parties, like both groups. I think it was like, 80 grams of carbohydrates in coming from sugar in one dose, okay? The group that was eating the carbs normally reacted. Like it was a small spike in insulin, but it was fine, okay? The group that wasn't, their results, like if you look at that, you would think they're all diabetic. Wow. Although they're not. It's just simply because their body has adapted over six months to not having any sugar, you know? And when we say sugars, people need to remember, fruits have sugar in Mm. them. 
different kinds of sugars, 100%, digested slightly differently, but it is still sugars. You know, it's still, at the end of the day, your body is way more complex than we think. And it, if you take in artificial sugar versus f- fructose, okay, at the it will like it will break it down to utilize it in the same way you know the difference there is your fruits have a lot more minerals more vitamins whereas plain sugar artificial sugar doesn't have any of that so you're missing out on those things mm. but so yeah i do believe it's a very long answer but i do believe that people do have that uh heritage tendency and they can adapt to diets very quickly yeah uh, I completely forgot your second question. The, the trial and error piece, like <laughs> how to basically go about understanding if if diet is personal, understanding what works for you and and what doesn't. Um, I think everyone, and this is something that I'm, I've always thought about. Everyone needs to have a from high school introduction and understanding to overall nutrition and introduction and understanding to foundations of taking in data with nutrition, okay? Because when you're not taught this, okay, you fall into extremes. You do not have the education, so you are going into the extreme. The people who do not know how to invest will jump straight into a YouTube video learning and then they'll put their life savings into crypto, you know? At the end of the day, we do not, we haven't created a structure for that. And because of that, the trial and error period lasts a lot longer for many people, right? For me, when I would, what I would do and how I would create a trial and error people, uh, period for people is number one, Start by tracking. Eat whatever you want. Just track it. And how do you huh? how do you track? Um, either portion sizes, photos of your food, or macros, weighing your food. Okay, whatever is smoother for you. You know, for most people, it will probably be taking photos of the food. And from there, understand and look at how you're eating. Okay, I'm eating like this, and me eating like this. I don't feel great or I am overweight. Let me try now to eat slightly less of everything. Mm. Okay? Because you eating like this and you tracking is the food you're you're probably eating the foods that you enjoy to eat. Let's be honest. Like if you're coming in from a background of not much fitness, You've probably been enjoying the foods that you're eating. So all you need to do is just be aware of what you're eating and using a photo to make you be more aware, okay? If a person goes from eating, on an extreme example, one burger, one pizza, and one stack of pancakes every single day, okay, and is aware of that, and all of a sudden is like, cool, I'm going to eat three quarters of the burger half the pizza, and my full stack of pancakes every day. What do you think is going to happen over time? They're going to lose weight. Yeah. They're going to start seeing results. <clears throat> and that is the momentum builder for the long run. You know? Because once they see the results, 
they're going to be like, I want to accelerate that. Right. You know? And then they're going to realize, okay, cool. For me to accelerate that, I'm going to probably need to have more protein. If I need to have more protein and I eat a higher serving and I stop losing weight, oh, I'm going to be like, okay, my calories are high again. I need to drop my calories. So that means I need to drop my calories from my pancakes. You know, I'm just coming up with scenarios on the yeah. spot, you know. I drop my calories from my pancakes and I start losing weight again and I feel better. And that trial, of, uh, trial and error keeps going, you know. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm on such low calories. I need to eat much more satiating food. So instead of having a burger, I'm going to have a salad to allow me more calories. Yeah. You know? That makes total sense. So it's, that's how it progresses. But I think the first, first, first step always in going about from this trial and error is being aware. And, Tracking. And what I love about like when you start integrating healthy foods and, you know, you start reducing or eliminating for most part sugar and alcohol and these sort of things, you start feeling so good that you just don't want to go back to, you know, hundred percent like at the end of the day you know I'm, I, I gave you the example of pancake burgers and pizza if you want to see results all the paths will take you to the same place yeah they will always take you to the same place make sure you're having enough fruits and vegetables make sure you're limit, limiting your processed foods which have a lot of sugar you know make sure that you're limiting your alcohol intake you're probably going to be fine yeah you know you're probably make sure you're having lean meats you're probably going to be fine you know but everyone's journey to that looks different you know so and as soon as you get that feeling that's what i was saying like as soon as you start to see the first bit of momentum when it comes with people you always see the first people that the best athletes become the best athletes because as soon as they start a sport, they they were naturally good at it. So they just keep going. Yeah. But most people quit their diets from the other end is because they don't see the results straight away. So the momentum is not there. So they just stop. You know, you're like our goal as, you know, health educators, if I would call it that way, is how can we build a model for building as quick, as much momentum as quickly as possible? Yeah. And, and coming up with like a sustainable 100%. solution. 100%. Sustainability is always part of the goal, but building like a mental momentum model is something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. It's uh, you and me would wake up at 6 a.m. to go for a run or to go train. You know, most people wouldn't do that. What is the incentivizing system that you can build for the person internally to allow them to do that? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think this is a good time to start talking about something I'm very excited to talk about, and that's matter. Could you give people a bit more of a story about what one what made you start Matter Nutrition and like how did that come about? 
And but I think more importantly, what is it? Cool. So, um, Modern Nutrition is a meal plus meal meal plan service provider as well as a fitness ecosystem and community. The main reason why we created Matter, and more specifically, I'm so invested in creating on creating Matter and building Matter is because I felt that the points that we were talking about on fitness education and health education have a big gap. And what people's views on what meal plan food is, is also completely flawed. We have an ethos where we want to make meal plan food feel like restaurant food. It's as simple as that. You know, for us, Matter Nutrition is the byproduct of moderation and byproduct of consistency. And uh, yeah, from the other aspects, we really try very hard to focus on the community element. We try to do a lot of community driven mat matters. Uh, and we find ways to integrate ourselves within different, different aspects of the community, such as our own recycling program. We work with different gyms on different levels, you know, like uh, we help gym members, you know, achieve their goals through nutrition. So that's really what matter is right now. What it, what we want it to be and what I want matter to be is the go-to education point for everything we just discussed. And how do you go about that? Like, how do you go about the education process? I can think of a few ways, but like, right now, it has to be through social, you know, where you are creating constant content on, hey, one, two, three, this is why vegan diets are not as bad for you as you think. This is why this, this is why that, you know? Uh, and that is something like we're doing on Instagram and we started doing recently on TikTok. But again, creating a macro level, mass scale, easy to digest education program is really where I believe matter is, you know, and or, or will be. And that to me is like the, the big goal. You know, the meal plan acts as a foundation for revenue, very frankly. Um, but it's about making long term change within for me personally, the UAE, the place that I grew up in, the place that I went through my whole journey of being obese. You know, I never mentioned that, but I was obese to being relatively fit right now, you know, like and ups and downs all throughout that, you know, it's kind of creating a, a streamlined approach for people to fix their trial and error processes. Mm. Yeah, know? it's a product and a service. Like the product is 100%. the food and the service is the education. 100%. 100%. Uh, we're very lucky that we are able to do a bunch of different things now with a bunch of different people. Um, and uh, I'm, I've been going about doing talks, things like that. Um, and the, the whole idea is to not complicate it. It's actually to simplify it, to make it as simple as possible so that people can digest it and move on with their day. And um, you've mentioned a few of these, but like what, what other benefits do you feel a meal plan has or provides to the person doing it? Uh, definitely consistency. At the end of the day, Stefan, like people are living a very fast paced life and you hear it from so many people, I forget to eat. 
Totally, actually, you know? that's a huge one. Yeah. I forget to eat. And if they don't forget to eat, the amount they will spend on their phone trying to or- figure out what to order from Deliveroo is an added headache. The amount they look for healthy food options or calorie-friendly food options, that's another headache. We want to eliminate all that. It's just like, here, eat, you know, plan your week in advance. Just the same way you try to plan your meetings in advance, plan your food in advance, and let it be systematic as opposed to emotional. You know, so for for me, that is the main, main Mm. factor that it helps build. And then there's other byproducts of that, which is structure. You know, at the end of the day, if you're building consistency, you're building structure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I mean, for me, so just for everyone listening, I'm on Matter as well. And for me, it's made a huge difference. I think in like, in several different ways. One is definitely ease, right? You wake up, healthy meals are outside your door uh, and your day is sorted. The second thing is, like it's delicious and yeah and honestly i mean i i've tried a lot of meal plans it is it tastes so so good that you're almost like is this good for me you know it's that's the point it's deceiving that's the point so so that's another massive thing (laughs) for me obviously i'm training a lot um so getting my macros and getting my getting my calories and getting my carbs and whatever and is another important thing that's that's covered mm. um so yeah i think there's a lot of benefits to being on a meal plan but matter definitely takes it to the next level thank you that's really what we aim to do to kind of all the trigger points that people are emotionally invested about of course everyone has constant learnings and we're constantly trying to get better but the main things is convenience Take that off. Consistency. Take that off. Taste. The emotional aspect. Take that off. You know? And as soon as long as you have those three, you're probably doing a good job. And honestly, time is a huge of one. Course. Because like I especially lately I've been realizing like I'll finish a workout. And when I was younger, <clears throat> there was a big focus on like, okay, finish training and eat. Now it's like if you don't have a meal plan or you don't have food ready, it's like, cool, go home, shower, look at the room, maybe cook something. It takes forever. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, cool, finish training, shower, eat. Yeah. Like my food's ready to go. It's already like that's, you know, personally, just like a caveat, like matters existed for two years. The, the, the last seven months I've been on matter, I mean, you know, the results that I've seen have been completely night and day and it's not because of matter but it's because matter has allowed itself to build help me build structure from a nutrition perspective you know yeah and do you feel like and i i feel this with a lot of things that you stay when you stay committed and disciplined with something it like starts translating into the rest of your life for sure um so with me whether it's training for something or whether it's like food like if you're staying consistent with food, all of a sudden, like you stay consistent with your work and you stay consistent with your workouts and you stay consistent with other things. Hundred percent, right? Do you yeah, see, yeah. Have you 100%. seen that yourself as well? I, I think hundred uh, it, percent. It's really cool because 
it all compounds, right? Like you have this, then you have that, then you have that, which literally what you said. The only thing that I'm always wary about is not is trying actually like very actively to not have them connected as much as I want them to be connected. If it's a positive connection, I'm fine with that. But if I have a day of bad sleep, I really don't want it to affect my nutrition and my Good training. Point. You know? So like a lot of people fall off track because everything is connected. But in reality, it should be five or six different boxes, you know, that work in synergy together. Yeah, but usually, and, and listen, usually what happens when you have a bad night's sleep, the, the first thing that happens is your decision-making goes out of the window. And it's because you've had a bad night's sleep. So your ability to make the same good decisions that you would on a good night's sleep, and this is the reason that sleep is so important, 100%. right? Like, and the first thing that changes is, is diet or did, like how much caffeine you're taking in or whether you whether or not you're going to do that workout did you know that if a person sleeps two hours less i think it's two hours less they naturally have a craving for much more calories the following day why is that like because they just a... need the energy ah, okay. it's as simple as that they just need the energy you know so for for that like it makes complete sense, but it sleep for me is the one that should be the constant. You can f mess around. You can create flexibility with your diet. You can create flexibility with your training. But for me, sleep is one of the most Same important, here. you know? Where do people go to find out more about matter? Where is matter available? Because obviously our listeners are around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe find out more information about yourself as well. Uh, so for matter, the best place to be, honestly, is always the Instagram page. I think it's the most engaged part of our community. And it's where it's a true reflection of what our brand is. Um, at the moment, from a product perspective, from the food, we're delivering all across the UAE. Uh, hopefully Saudi soon. Um, but yeah, so like from a food perspective, we're primarily around the UAE. Um, but... Instagram for everyone is absolutely fine, especially if people are looking for Arabic content, which is that's something we're going to be starting to introduce very soon. Um, on a personal level, people can find me at Trumi, T-R-O-U-M-I-E. And uh, on social, I'm basically, I'm going to be starting to document a lot of my journey in the fitness space because, uh, Stefan, you actually have inspired me to do like a challenge for March. So I'm quite excited about that. And basically, we'll be talking about my experience with matter. We'll be talking about my experience with training for two different modalities in the same time, powerlifting and running. And while st still trying to look good, you know, like that's also important to me uh, and how that all gets impacted through a diet, you know. So, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Good luck on that. And, Thank you. And Tarek and I are going to be training together uh we're working on a few things together and, and in march uh he'll be doing he'll be doing his challenge i'll obviously be doing my 100k and uh and and super happy that you know matter is a part of that journey yeah man i i recommend for everyone to obviously check out matter nutrition uh we'll disclose the links and um honestly guys if you're in the ue i highly recommend that you get on it is it's something that's going to change 
it's going to change your relationship with food. It's going to free up a lot of your time. And um, you're going to see drastic differences in your weight, in your energy, in your sleep, in your mental function, and so much more. So, Tariq, thank you so much for being thank here, you. man. I you're really a better salesman it. than I am. Man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Bro. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you.